Hey there folks, Rob Hessler here with another episode of Art on the Air, my weekly Savannah Morning News special. Thanks for tuning in. I am very pleased to present this week's episode, my chat with Shelly Smith. Shelly is a really interesting artist. She is somebody who works in many different media, but has kind of gone back and forth between a bunch of different things. So she hasn't really established herself in any one particular media, instead going from project to project, whatever calls to her and working in that particular genre. So she's done sculptures, she's done photography, she's done painting, she's done writing, she's done all these different things. and. She was really interesting to talk to about all of that. So you're really going to enjoy it. She was a great interview, too. I mean, she's just really got a lot of personality, is very interesting to talk to, and I think you're going to love hearing from her. So wanted to mention you can catch past episodes of Art on the Air and my corresponding Art Off the Air column, as well as everything that I write here at the Savannah Morning News at savannahnow.com in the entertainment section. So go and check that out. But let's get into this week's episode. Again, this is Shelly Smith. You're going to love it. Talking all about her process, her philosophy, the many different styles of work that she does, and getting into depth about a recent piece that she did about Queen Boudicca. Enjoy. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air Field Notes. I'm speaking by Zoom with Shelly Smith. Shelly, first of all, let me just say welcome. It's so great to have you on. I wish we were like in some in some metal shop or like, you know, someplace like getting dirty and talking about this stuff rather than on Zoom, but it's really great to have you on the show. Thank you. If you could see my table laid out before me right now, my mother's actually working and the computer is stuffed between layers and layers <laughs> of paints and gold paints and ribbons and oyster shells. So yeah, it's, that's awesome. You're here in spirit. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. It's it's um you know it's interesting that you mention that your mom and she's working on the oyster shells. And I guess we can start there because so for people who don't know you yet, one of the things I find so fascinating about you and your work is that you and I love this and I I, I kind of wish more artists were like this. Is like. You just follow your 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 path. Whatever is in front of you, whatever is calling to you in any particular given moment, you follow your path. Now, I think you're most known as a metal artist, but right now, let's just talk about what you what you mentioned. You're working with your mom, Martha Chapman, on yes. doing some oyster cell stuff. So start there. What are you doing there? What's going on there? Well, actually, it was something she started on a whim. She actually loves oysters. I love almost everything except oysters. It's one of the few. <laughs> and, you know, she was starting mostly with decoupage, doing some painted churches. Uh, she's always done sketch art and things uh, throughout her uh, life as a teacher. I'm always doing her own billboards. But she started getting sort of some demand. So I started helping her. But I truly don't do tiny little intricate cutouts of various things. She doesn't just take one image she takes lots of little images and cuts them out very delicately. That makes me crazy. Um, and yet <laughs> I most delicately hand paint with teensy tiny little brushes, more like scenery from Savannah. I mean, some a little cliche today. I was inspired by some recent travels and I actually painted a, a Madonna figure on one with a halo and the very iconic gold paint in it. But I, I do, I, I paint what I enjoy, I enjoy marsh scenes, but really I'm not aiming to recreate the wheel. I 
we really um, work together. What I like to do, she doesn't like to do. And what she likes to do, I do not do. And we really enhance each other's ideas. And sometimes she's doing something and I'm like, oh my God, it's, that's brilliant. What a great idea. If I'm painting on something, same thing. A lot of, I've done a lot of people's pets, you know, but I'm, I'm actually about to put my own twist on that. Doing the Madonna figures today, I would like to do a few pets, but give them the nice iconic halos, but on oyster shells. I know it's, it's, a, it's a strange thing out of all the art I've done, but it's a really wonderful experience with my mom. She literally sits here in her rollers, which she now has on. And um, <laughs> this is pretty much what our little little workstation looks like. Um, and I enjoy it. And, I, and it's a lovely time. But yes, I do. I am fascinated by these, these little tiny paintings I'm doing on oyster shells. I do enjoy it. That's so, in, that's so interesting because, you know, the work that I know of you is, you know, this badass lady with with you know cutting metal 55 gallon drums making these you know just covered in soot and all this stuff and it's just so different than that well i'll be honest with you um my friend who sort of helps a lot with the art community i think you met her at the 11 by 11 show her name's alexa frame she has a i have puppies she has um, really done a lot for the artist community. They have some storage facilities on Wheaton Street, for example, and they had uh, Panhandle Slim paint on there. And we did something with Loop It Up Savannah just to use it as an art space. And there was a little place of um, land. And I was going to start on some a very big um, metal installation there that she was offering up the land that would be the end of uh, Liberty going onto that corridor of Wheaton, which is a very um, mixed uh, corridor. And I wanted to do more of a series, my wanting winged angels. And this was really going to be my, mm -hmm. sort of, I was going to give it my all. Like, I mean, it was going to be three to five angels and really represent our struggles right now with how we, the one wing is just representative to me of how we are still human, but we're trying to constantly elevate, but a various factors keep us tied down, whether it's racism, whether it's, um, bullying, whether it's our own struggles, we, we somehow are constantly trying to go up, but we're sort of constantly grounded. And I really thought it was a good time to do that piece there. And I've discovered I am suddenly having some extreme back issues. And I probably some of it has to do with a recent being T-boned before, right? Several days mm -hmm. before Christmas, car totaled, but also probably from um, wielding a hammer for all these years. And I, it's really sort of bummed me out because that is sort of my forte. And, and I'm with you being a woman who sort of raised in a sort of a quote unquote man's world. I'm sure young women now think there's no differentiation, but I really was sort of felt like I was in a world that there, there were no other women really doing that around me. I mm -hmm. it wasn't in art school. I wasn't going to a school where I was learning this. So I still have my anvil. I still have my hopes. I still even have a few women who have thought of coming to help me actually make this come true because it's really not about me. But if I, I'm trying to maybe create a little group that'll help me create these angels because it is, it's something I love to do. So that was sort of what opened the door for sure. Mom, I'll sit and help you paint little oyster shells until I can sort of get this worked out with what's happening with my back. So 
Sure. Well, you know, that's, um, that's really unfortunate. I hate to hear that. Um, and I, and I'll kind of give you a little something you probably don't know is that I actually, we actually have one of your pieces. I, yes, it was gifted to me by Becca Cook, actually. It is a, it is a well her. heart. She's a good friend of mine. And okay. around Christmas time, I, I purchased for my wife a, uh, one of Becca's, um, they're not scarves, but they're like not full scarves or whatever. I thought you were talking about but yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so in the gift bag, she included this um, piece of heart. yours. Oh, yeah, a little And I was like, and when she gave, when she sent it to me, and I was like, this is so cool because I, I love, love your work so much. Lord, I love doing <laughs> people little things in the mail, and I'm like, if you don't want it, don't worry about it. Give it for charity, give it to something, forward it to a friend, you know, just I love that. I love that artists do that. She's, a really good spirit about doing things like that. Oh, she definitely is. Now, so you mentioned kind of like, you know, growing up in a man's world and as far as working in this style. And I and I agree. I mean, so I, you don't know much about my background, but I actually, you know, grew up in sculpture and, and that was what I was doing in college. And there's no doubt about it that the, you know, the welders and the big construction stuff and all of that was yeah. predominantly men even at my art school which wasn't it wasn't that you know women couldn't do that but it was just like the way that things were oriented and the way that it the feel of it was so let's let's kind of step back there because you know how did you kind of get involved in this how did you first make those those initial steps into working in metal and like you know how did you become this I uh, as i described you badass lady wielding a hammer make that really simple. Um, I'm sitting here with my mom, but I will absolutely attribute a lot of that from my dad. I was the first born in the Mississippi Delta, and I'm pretty sure he had to have been disappointed because he was a big hunter. Um, my mother's over there making a face like, I don't know it. He had to have been for, sort of for a second been like, okay, because it was such that space hunting, uh, fishing, uh, you drove big three wheelers before there were four wheelers. You, you, you put spikes in trees and you, you know, uh, you gutted deer and all of that. And it, when you went down to deer camp, that's what they called it. And it was a bunch of men and they brought their sons and the girls stayed home with the moms. And I think his attitude really was strange for a Southern Mississippi Delta man. He's, I guess he just had the attitude where you'll do you know, and I mean, he never treated me that way. I'm using the kind of mentality of I was the only girl really as early as I can remember that was down there very early. And I could often hear my father going, they would sort of pin us and crazy, which was considered like kind of very Southern kind of like some people wouldn't do these kind of things to their children, but it would be like, okay, we're going to put you on one three wheeler and we're going to put you get on another, that one's on another three wheeler. And we built these great mud pits and y'all, all the kids would be set to race each other and which was a probably pretty dangerous scenario, but it just didn't. Um, and my dad would always just be like, okay, well you have to just beat those boys. That's your objective. Beat the boys. He would say that. I think he got a kick out of it because I'd often hear him say in the background, oh, my little girl just beat the hell out of your boy. I mean, I went <laughs> to slalom my, the first time I was ever on water skis just because my dad put me on his shoulders at five. I learned how to water ski at five. I learned how to slalom ski at six. I learned how to put my feet in the rope to hold it uh, while I was slaloming by six and a half, seven. My killed my first deer uh, very early on. Um, um, I've killed everything, but my dad was very much not a sportsman hunter. Uh, it was because we ate it. If I killed a mm -hmm. squirrel, we ate it. You ate, you killed a rabbit, you ate it. Duck, eat it. Eat all that deer on your plate. You don't know how much. So 
I was around a lot of power tools. My dad was an electrician, um, pole climbing. Uh, he would take me up in the stands with him when I was about five. Uh, I couldn't even get in him. He would just shove me up there and hold me and we would hunt. So long story short, I was already exposed to things. He um, showed me how to stick weld with the cruddiest, most dangerous, <laughs> rigged, like not professional because my, they just see, oh my God, I'm talking like electricity exposed. He was just like, don't touch that and that. Or you'll, and I'm like, why dad? And he go, well, you'll electrocute yourself. And then he'd walk away and go, well, I need you to build me a deer stand, you know, just take these and do a little C and do that. And be like, well, what happens if I don't really do it right? Well, I'll probably get killed. So just no stress. And <laughs> really how his dad taught him. And he didn't treat me any different. And I absolutely have to give my very Southern dad huge props for really having that mentality. You know, um, pull over the car. Or you're going to learn how to drive a stick shift on a gravel road years before I was old enough to drive. All of that. So stick welding early on, welder. And then I owned Venus to Milo wine bar, gotten back away uh -huh. from the world. And it was in all that kind of world where I did paintings a lot and had some painting shows, did photography, but I really had this desire for metal again. And a relative's, a relative's friend uh, said, you know, I can do MIG welding, should I do MIG welding? So it wasn't until years later after learning to stick well that I actually started applying it. Soon after, right before I, I sold the restaurants in the bar, my mom was always supportive. She she gave me real art lessons as soon as second grade. And just a bit of trivia, she, you know, gave me made me have this art teacher for years and years and years all the way up to college. And her daughter, Chayla, who was also in Mississippi, moved here after I opened an art gallery and lives right across the street from us. So her Are you mother, talking about Chayla Gutierrez? That's yeah, her mother oh, wow. was my art teacher my entire life pressed me to go to uh, SCAD for graduate school. My undergrad was in philosophy at Rhodes. But yeah, Chayla lives across the street. I mean, I talk about full circle. My mother and her mother became very good friends. And then uh, Jean came to visit us here with my mom and found out she had a brain tumor many years ago and she stayed and, and passed away here. But we live across the street from Chayla. And that's how we know each other. So. That's awesome. Yeah, Chayla's studio is great, by the way. It's yeah. really cool. Her mother's super talented. We have her mother's art. Chayla's got tons of her art. I mean, Chayla in herself is extremely talented, talented, talented artist and writer. But yeah, so my dad's just sort of pushing me into doing these kind of things men would do anyway. And I didn't di differentiate. I really didn't get it. I didn't even get that it was a strange thing that I was doing all these things with these men and boys. It made no sense to me until I got older. But my mother, on the other hand, was completely pushing the art lessons and a little bit more of the formal training for my entire life. She often would get called by some teacher, like she would be worried about some of the things I was bringing home and drawing. And Jean would calm her down and go, she's just got a kind of an imagination. <laughs> and a lot of that started probably translating into my early photography. When I started really getting into photography, I thought I wanted to be a photojournalist. And that was my passion but my photography artistically was a little off kilter a little odd a little fantasy and segued way into the future of also becoming powerful women depicted in, in that but yes I'm yeah let's let's talk about those actually because I think that that really inspired me again to to reach out to 
to you. I've been wanting to have a more longer form sit down interview with you, but I was really inspired by a photograph that you did of Ginny Susie, which we, yes. you know, uh, which, but well, well, let's talk about that piece because it's saying it's a photograph of Ginny Susie does not <laughs> really describe what we're right. talking about. Well, first of all, I really didn't know her. I know her through Facebook. She used to come into Venus and I would always actually was quite intimidated by her. She had a sort of the way she carried herself. Mm. And even though she was always on her crutches, you know, there was just an aura about her very sort of a powerful woman in general, not without knowing who she was, that might not have been her inner spirit, but it's how I saw her. Whenever I've tried to photograph people, I try to, I've always, the fact that they had a certain look or they fitted, fit a certain like, oh, they're young and 16 and perfect was never my desire. I, in Mobile, Alabama, I did a whole show of women, some up in their sixties and seventies called beautiful. And it was a really great experience for the women because I would usually find them and go, I would want to photograph you. Oh, you don't want to photograph me. I'm not that kind. I'm like, just please let me photo. Please just, just work with me. I promise. So it's usually a kind of a feeling I get about something. Half the feeling I get from the person. I don't even sometimes know what I'm going to photograph. But once I kind of know that I want to photograph them, I start kind of feeling out what I sense about them. Mm. And it may not be exactly what's in their head about themselves but it's what i'm thinking and a one of my former employers Raphael, told me about boudica the english warrior and um and i thought about jenny and i i jenny and i thought about how i don't know she just seemed like a warrior to me and then i knew that she was also going through some cancer treatments again right Uh, so it's like when I was thinking of Boudica and how to depict Boudica, which actually is the name, her, the name means victory. It was like I just started melding together and I reached out to her through Facebook and I said, I don't know if you'd be interested in this, but I'd really love to photograph you. And this was not ever supposed to feel exploitive. Never. If it was just the opposite, I couldn't picture Boudica being this solid, beautiful statuist, all solely perfected being. To me, she was way more perfected by the fact of who Jenny was. And to me, that was way more powerful to me than any cliche depiction. Does that make any sense? I don't yeah. Know. So, so just for our listening audience um, who aren't aware of Jenny, okay, she, she had, um, she lost a leg to cancer when she was 14 years old, yes. but I would agree with you. I mean, she doesn't, I don't even think anybody would describe Jenny as being disabled. You know what no. I mean? Like she no. is empowered and yeah, she has a presence about her. And yeah, as you mentioned, and and you kind of, when you posted up the image, you talked a little bit about how you imagine Queen Boudicca would have these like scars and imperfections because she was like a warrior queen. So I she's mean, not yeah, like going to be just this perfect being. You know, people want to picture with this hair and this perfume. And I thought, <laughs> my God, this woman, you know, she's she's been through these battles and they said she was a real bad <laughs> And so while the images are never supposed to be perfect, depictions. I'm never trying to be historically accurate. I just, it's a feeling. And I don't always photograph historical figures. It's just, that's how I wanted to photograph her. I saw this. And to me, it was way more of, uh, like I said, if anything, she seems stronger to me because 
of her life situation. Well, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about people who go through struggles, those right. are the strongest people that we know. Right. You know right. what I mean? And she is, she's totally a bad Ginny yeah. is. I, I love her. You know, it's, um, I thought that was really, really cool. And I want to kind of point this out too, is that beyond the photograph is that Ginny is also wearing costuming and mm -hmm. jewelry that you yes. Well, so talk a little bit about that. Oh my gosh. So now there are some challenges and she would agree uh, without me, you know, I did take this stiletto gladiator shoe for her to wear. And we, you know, I usually brought somebody with me to sort of help, but we did not have that scenario. And we're out at the dairy farm and we're in this sinking sand. I knew that we would have to put the stiletto on the wood, but the whole metal, it is a metal bodice. Uh, a metal collar, metal jewelry, all made of recycled 55 gallon oil drums. That's sort of been my forte because it was recycling and it was what was available to me. And I had limited resources. I work completely primitively on an anvil, acetylene torch, welder. That's it. No big, beautiful, wonderful plasma cut, none of that kind of stuff. So it was a challenge that I did not depict. And she even more so was a bad because she took one of the crutches and put a sword in the place, which of course were on sand. So even getting <laughs> you, she had to balance on both of her crutches, lifting her body briefly for me to slip the shoe on. And I remember thinking, what was I thinking? But she did it. She made it happen. I mean, she really was this bad. I, I was like, Oh my gosh, she's balancing, getting the shoe on. Then she's holding herself on the shoe on a, very small piece of wood, sword outstretched next to her, looking like it may offer some balance, did not. So she's really is putting all this on herself. And one moment she did look like she was going to fall forward and I ran to get her because here's the other thing, you cannot bend. So the normal thing that you would think uh. of if you're like punching to grab yourself, the, the bodice comes down. It would literally cut into you. They're actually extremely, you just, they'll take an eye out. You know, you might like, <laughs> I, really, I was telling her as we left, I was like, it's amazing. You didn't leave bloodied and scarred. So I went and grabbed her, but yeah, it, they, are, they don't move. They don't move. Um, they're open backed, but I've made quite a few over time. I've done for some some shoots in South Magazine. I've done some for some events. I did some for a big uh, metal show at the Jinx. Um, rest in peace. Mm. So, man, it was. I mean, she really did rise to the occasion with all this garb up. Not to mention, it was a day like today, which is friggin' cold, cold mm -hmm. metal strapped in. I was just apologizing the whole time, and she just didn't, she didn't complain at all i mean she just was a, a she was a rock star you know she really was so oh uh, that's so what a great story i mean like you know like it's almost like overcoming a challenge like just making the piece it, it fits though right i mean like and it shows in the piece i mean it there's nothing about it that says like you know, that there's all this crazy stuff happening <laughs> Um, you know, uh, I, I was i loved that she got some great response the imagery got some great response I, I really, it, it was everything I wanted it to be working with her. And I felt really privileged to have that moment. So, 
let's talk about that though like so because you know there th this is we're talking about you've got a f photograph jewelry we're talking we've talked about painting we've talked about the angel pieces that you you know you've got kind of in mind you've you've got all of these different things coming coming together we talked about it at the very beginning we sort of hit on it right when this interview started about how you just follow the path that is before you now kind of what is that like for you as an artist and sort of navigating life as an artist because you know like Really, I feel like the art world wants people to say, I'm a painter, I'm going to do this show and it's painting, the next show is going to be painting, the next show is going to be painting, or I'm a sculptor, or I'm, you know, I'm a potter, or whatever it might be, and just focus on one thing and perfect that style. But you are just like, I'm going to do what, what speaks to me, whatever art needs to be made for this particular piece or for this particular idea. I will be honest. I will be 100% honest. I've had to actually reconcile that as of recent. Sorry, I'm plugging in my computer. I've had to reconcile that in uh, in my life as of recent because I often actually thought it made me a lesser creative person. Not that I wasn't creative and not that I didn't have a skill set, but um, I, I felt like, why can't I just pick one and, and become as strong as I can at it? And I've often thought, you know, at my age, if I had just stuck with one thing, where would it be right now? And some people said it's because I'm a Gemini. I don't know if I go into all that. <laughs> uh, I get bored very easy, first of all. But there is, I will tell you exactly what I've noticed. And I turned 50 this year. It is like sometimes I have something I have to say. And I will say it in whatever grouping of imagery. And then it's done. And it doesn't mean I might not revisit it. The perfect example is when I was doing these pictures, these photographs all around town, they were actually funny, even though it sounds terrible. They were called the dead girl diaries. And they were pictures of me dead pretty much everywhere in dumpsters, every which way. And that they had extremely, the titles were just as important. Like one was me hanging from an Oak tree with like these little silver stilettos. And it looked like I'd left a party. And the name of it was all I wanted to do was hang with you, you know, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Horrifying. one was um, me dead at the end of this absolutely disgusting green hard pool. And it was like, you know, come in, the water's fine, but it was terrible. I was face down in it. It was really bad. Sounds really marketable. Like, you know, uh, are you selling you know, prints? It's one of the most sold out shows I ever had. Um, but see, that's, that's so funny. That's interesting. I well, mean, because people even were saying like, is it bad that I'm laughing? If you had just seen the images without the title, my mother hated it. My mother despised it. I had, I had to have her help me take one of my head in the stove. And it said, uh, hey, hey, good looking, what's cooking? You know, she committed suicide <laughs> like that. But it was started off because I often wondered how I would I how was I going to die? And I thought instead of being scared about it, which I wasn't necessarily scared, I just sort of started going, oh, well, how many different ways could I depict myself of being killed and or, or murdered or however? And I often wondered, like, well, if I've already photographed my death, my death, the last one was me lying in front of the gallery and it's called Art Attack and she's face planted and there's the art show behind her. But. So my point is, <laughs> everybody's like, these are great. These are great. Keep going. And I even Where was got, the show? Where was the show, by the way? It was at Peter uh, over on, why am I just blanking? Oh, my gosh. It was the one that was across from Madison Anthemums on Whitaker. They don't Location have gallery, yeah. Location, location gallery. I'm sorry. I, yeah, yeah. I totally love Peter, and I, I apologize. I forgot that, but it was at Location. You know, and actually since then, somebody posted about a girl on Instagram that's been doing it on vacation spots around the world, and they almost look identical, but they 
I was not inspired by her. I was doing it way before. But um, when I did the last image, I could have probably come up with more, but they were done. Those were the images mm -hmm. that I wanted to do. I could still be doing dead girl photos. I don't think I've done a single one since I finished that show. It was like, that's what I wanted to say. And it was done. Then I got into a whole bunch of writing these essays called essays on how I died. Really enjoyed them. I wrote them voraciously, sometimes one a day. And I loved them. And some people really read them and felt like, my God, I, this one touched me or this one's something I thought or this one made me think something. But when I wrote the last one, I haven't written anymore. When I've done the beautiful series of the women, I've seen a thousand of the women I could photograph in that way, but it was on the Gulf Coast and it was something I felt about being on the Gulf Coast, um, which is not a very like, everybody's not trying to look this glamorous, beautiful way. And I loved picking women that I just felt like they, I wanted to give them a little voice for a moment. And um, I'm making a long story short out of saying, I don't know why that is the way it is in me. There's several more of this series of these sort of um, women reconfigured as, I, ca I call it, in my own mind, it's called gods and monsters. I think of these women as, as taking images and, and building them up. I recently did one of this girl named Carrie Blue. She has alopecia. She was my Medusa. Oh. Um, and I'm about to attempt to do one of the sirens, but reinterpreted not as some cliche, beautiful woman on a rock. But it's going to actually be three women and there'll be some reasoning behind it as well. But I want to do it at that little tiny lighthouse in the water. Oh, right yeah, yeah. Ivy. And those are just fantasies. When I was a little girl, I was enamored in love with the history of the Greek gods and goddesses. I used to believe that I was Artemis, the goddess of the hunt, because I always been hunt with my dad. And I just thought it meant me badass. My first art gallery was called the Athena Gallery after the goddess of war and weaving. Then I had Venus de Milo. And then one of my restaurants was Eos. Um, <laughs> uh, my second restaurant was Soul. All the names of gods and goddesses. So it's something that stuck with me ever since I was a little girl, like dinosaurs do with some people. And I'll have several more images of these women. They're in my head and they will not go away until I've done them all. But once I've done them all, I will not force a new one. So right. what that is... I don't know. I often thought it made me a weaker creative spirit, uh, not one to be taken seriously. And I still feel that way because it just seems too much that I dance around. But I know one thing, if I let, leave an image in my head and I don't get rid of it, whether it's a painting, an oyster shell, a photo, a writing, uh, or a piece of sculpture, which is becoming so hard and I have so many stuck in there, they stay. I mean, it's almost like, you're sharing your headspace with a thousand little monsters and images and people and lovely, beautiful things. And I, I have to regurgitate them in whatever way, but once they're regurgitated, I feel like the, they've, they've said their piece and it's what's next. I, that's all I can describe it as. I fought against that. I really have fought against that. I, I want to be great at one thing, but I, I am not, I'm not. Well, I don't know. I disagree with that. You're not great at one thing. I think you're great at a lot of things. I think you make sculptures, but you're not necessarily a sculptor. You make paintings. You're not necessarily a painting. You make jewelry, but you're not necessarily a jeweler. You're just an artist. You're an artist and you follow whatever your creative vision needs for a particular project. And I think that there is absolutely a place for that. And I think we're all the benefit of it. I don't think I'm the only one who loves what you're doing. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs>
Well, look, I, I wanna I wanna wrap up this interview, okay. Shelley, and uh, we you know we've been talking about a lot of different projects. I know right now, if you if you're friends with Shelley on Facebook and and you're a great uh, follow on Facebook, actually, you put up a lot of the images that you've been doing with the with your mom, um, the the paintings on the shelves, and actually the the tiny. I love the tiny oyster cell jewelry as well. It's really yeah. cool. I've got more of that coming. I got some, I'm actually going to try to do some of my metal and the oyster shells and make some really huge, massive, gaudy oyster shell metal jewelry. So stay tuned for that uh, in my it. head. I got to do it. It's inspired by my recent trip to the Dolly Museum. So anyway. I was hoping that, yeah, uh, we're talking on the morning of you had just come back from a train trip down south and went to the Dolly Museum. And I was like, Oh man, what is she going to come up with <laughs> this trip? Glory, I believe it's going to be some glory. So. Very um, cool. So people want to find out more information about you and your work. What's the best way for people to do that? How it can really people is find the most simple. They have to follow me through my Facebook, which is Shelly S. Smith, but also my Instagram, which is fifty five 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 gallon studio, and that's where I post most of mine. And even like I said, my 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 Instagram. I keep thinking if anybody follows me, they're going to be like what does this chick do? I don't understand. <laughs> it's not this beautiful, all this jewelry and all these paintings or all these oyster shells. You, if you go back through it, it's just a hodgepodge of all of the above. So, but that's really the very best way is five, five gallon studio and or my Facebook account. That's awesome. Well, Shelly Smith, thank you so much today for coming thank on you. and talking with me for art on the air. We really appreciate it. And I uh, can't wait to see what you've got coming up next. Well, and continue doing what good stuff you do. We all appreciate you. This town's better for it. Thank you. Thanks, Shelly. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.